You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Can you believe it? We just had an introduction for a program that we're actually doing right now. This is Keith Johnson. I'm here with Nehemia Gordon. This is the first of prayerfully an entire year of a program we're calling Prophet Pearls. Nehemia, can you believe it? I'm excited, Keith. I'm really excited that we're, we're finally doing this. Uh, yeah, this is this is awesome. Talking about the prophets, the Word of God. Oh, man. Talking about the prophets. I love I, it. I, I want to say something. You know, we, we, we went back and forth. Folks, you're listening to this right now. It's the eighth day. I think it's the weekend of the eighth day for Sukkot. Is that right? Yeah. They're going to be hearing this. and But we're actually, let me just say it right now, we're actually recording this the day after Yom Kippur. Can yes. we just can we just let people know about that? This yeah. important seventh month, we got a chance to be together for Yom Teruah. Actually, we weren't together, but we were together on film because we did the this special uh, right on time first episode, and then of course uh, Yom Kippur. But we're here now for this special program, and I want to just say something, Nehemia. You know, as we're here, we have been talking about this particular program for about two years. Am I right? Let me understand when you say here. You're in Charlotte and I'm in Israel, right? Nope. This time we're together. Or I'm in China and you're in... <laughs> in Uzbekistan. No. <laughs> okay. We're literally together. We're physically together. Wow. Um, it won't always be this way, but but mm. for this first one, I think it's really significant that we're we're actually together recording this. And um, before we get too far into, into Prophet Pearls, we're not going to be spending a long time with Prophet Pearls like we did with Torah Pearls. For those who don't know, could you tell them a little bit about what Torah Pearls was? So Torah Pearls was a program that we did... Um, over the course of a year, and there's this traditional reading of the Torah cycle where the Torah is broken up into 54 sections, and you read one section each week, and you say 54, but there's 52 weeks. That has to do with the Hebrew leap year. Um, so we did 54 episodes, breaking up the Torah into the, those 54 sections, and you know, originally the plan when we started doing that, it was uh, together with uh, Jono Vandor mm-hmm. uh, and the two of us, and the plan was to do an hour each episode. I think the longest we ever did before editing was probably about three hours, and, <laughs> and Jono hopefully edited that down to something a little shorter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so the really cool thing about this Torah cycle is there was a period when the Jews were forbidden to read the Torah. It was punishable by death. Uh, to read it publicly in in the synagogue, and the way they circumvented that prohibition, or you know, the way they continued to maintain that that proclaiming the word of God uh, in in public was that they would instead of reading the Torah, they would read a section from the prophets, mm-hmm. and that's actually the re- meaning of the word ha- haftarah. We say haftorah, and some people think it's half Torah. It's mm-hmm. not the half Torah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a completely different word. Uh, haftarah in Hebrew means. Um, to uh, uh, how do I explain that word? It's when you have an obligation and you are um, relieved of your duty. And the way we're being relieved of this duty to proclaim the word of God, since we can't read the Torah, it's punishable by death, mm-hmm. is by reading the words of God's holy prophets. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the time of the um, the Greek persecutions mm-hmm. in 168 BC or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. And even after the Greeks were defeated by the Maccabees, this mm-hmm. tradition continued of reading the Haftarah. So now we get to do both. We do both the Torah and the Haftarah, which is the prophet's portion. Well, we did, we did the Torah pearls, which, uh, which was the entire year. We were able to, uh, to, to get that up. It's, I think it's going on its fourth cycle. Am I yeah, right? This is the fourth right. cycle that's actually taking place. So literally on your website, nehemiaswall.com and mm-hmm. bfainternational.com, we have the Torah pearls there where you could listen to them. And what we're wanting to do now is to take the Haftarah, 
the, the prophet sections that are connected to the Torah sections and actually do some some digging of Abore, that, that he is the one Absolutely. who creates. There's no confusion. There's no there's no issue who is the one that's Actually, I would, I would argue that there is confusion. That's why he's saying it. Yeah, I'm saying so, from so, his perspective. Right, right. Bit. Well, so one of the things that happens in chapter 45, which is kind of the, 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 the tell, it's the, um, mm-hmm. it, it's the giveaway of what's going on here, mm-hmm. is Isaiah directly addresses King Cyrus mm-hmm. uh, in a future prophecy saying, you will be chosen. You know, Cyrus hasn't even been born yet when Isaiah mm-hmm. is speaking. Mm-hmm. And he says to Cyrus... Uh, this message about I'm the one who creates both light and darkness, good and evil, because mm-hmm. Cyrus and the entire Persian Empire, which came after Isaiah, they believed in two gods, a good God and a bad God. And if you were a righteous person, you worshipped the good God. If you're a bad person, you worshipped the bad God. But nobody denied in the Persian Empire, if you were one of their believers, a Zoroastrian, that there were two gods. And that's one of the key messages of Isaiah 40 through 55 specifically, that there is only one God. Mm-hmm. And that's something he quotes in the very next verse if you want to can you read that Keith sure and I'm and I'm going to be going what I'm going to try to do folks and I always encourage people to do this to have a couple translations with them we're we're in a really small space (laughs) and actually I'm glad that we're starting out together (laughs) but I'm I'm not thinking we're going to be doing this I want to you know I'm going to be in my place having my stuff (laughs) spread out but anyway (laughs) let me let me read 42 5 thus says God who created the heavens and stretched them out who spread the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people and spirit to those who walk in it. I am, and of course in your English Bible, it's going to say, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people. And I have to tell you, Nehemiah, the next phrase... This is what it says people. in English. This is what it says in the English. What? Yes, no, as, as a covenant. Which to, translation uh, is that? This is the NASB. I'm going to let you You're I'm going to let you respond to that. <laughs> and then and then the, the the phrase after that is the part that that I can just say really ignited me. So you mm-hmm. go ahead and address this issue in 40 in, in 426 regarding he says I will appoint you. And then he says and and of course in my English Bible it says I will appoint you as a covenant to the people. When you hear that, what's your response? Well, that's not what it says in Hebrew. Let me read you the JPS, Jewish Publication Society. Mm-hmm. It says, I am the Lord, of course, in Hebrew, it's Yehovah, capital L-O-R-D. I am the Lord, and my grace have summoned you, and I have grasped you by the hand. I created you and appointed you a covenant people, a light of nations. Mm. And um, many Jews are familiar with the phrase in English, a light unto the nations. That's this exact phrase mm-hmm. uh, that appears here in Isaiah 42, 6, and mm-hmm. in one other passage, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And um, he's speaking here, and maybe this is the controversy, who's he speaking about? Certainly the Jewish understanding historically is that he was speaking to Israel. And certainly mm-hmm. in the time of Isaiah, that's what they understood. Mm-hmm. Isaiah is addressing Israel, and um, you know, and that's why he says in the next verse, he says um, you know, in verse 8, I am Yehovah, that is my name, I will not yield my glory to another, nor my renown to idols. Mm-hmm. So this is a time when there are many idols around and there's people who say, yeah, we worship Yehovah, but we also worship Baal and other gods. Mm -hmm. And there's the good God and the evil God. And he's saying, I'm the only one. And this is something that's emphasized throughout the passage. But um, the phrase here is Brit Am. Brit is covenant Mm -hmm. and Am is people. It means covenant people. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, I have made you, placed you, given you as a covenant people, as a a light for the nations. Mm -hmm. And what that means is Israel's role in God's plan is to be a light to the nations. And what's interesting, Nehemiah, and I know you, and I know when you heard the the English translation, you know that that got, got a response out of you. But the, but the next phrase is is what caught me, is that what does it mean when it says as a light 
to the nation. So no, I'm not asking the question. I mean, that's what hit me. And when I thought about that, I thought, okay, so, so as, and again, the next phrase in the next verse, as you keep reading, mm-hmm. the next verse kind of lets us know about that. But being a light to the nations, meaning that the nations need that light, that the nations are in darkness, yeah. that the nations, and I got to say something back to what uh, Netanyahu did in the United Nations. He said, he said, you know, he, he says something along the lines is he says, you know, we've got to be able to speak uh, uh, truth to power. And he said, Amen. especially here. Now, I don't know why he said especially here at the United Nations, but I look at this verse and I think about those nations. And there's a lot of blindness. There's a lot of darkness. Someone has to be the light. And, and, and when I read this verse, I hear the idea that God's covenant people yeah. are to be that light. And I want to right. say again, what happened on that day in the United Nations I saw a light. What was your light? I, I saw a light. Isaiah, when he okay. brought he brought Isaiah mm-hmm. into the into, into that chamber, I felt like that was a picture mm. of what it means partially to be a light to the nations, bring truth, bring bring the word of God, bring mm-hmm. bring perspective. So that's what caught me in that in that verse. And, and can I can I jump to the end? Would you mind if I really quickly bring the last verse of, of the section, which is Isaiah forty three ten? No, no problem. Because that answers the question. How could Israel, this sinful nation, be a light to the nations? Mm-hmm. And he says in Isaiah 43.10, You are my witnesses, says Jehovah, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no god was formed, nor shall there be any after me. And again, this is the context when there are many gods, mm-hmm. and especially in the Zoroastrian context that would come very soon mm-hmm. after. There were especially two main gods. And he's saying, there's no god before me, there's no god after me. I am the one and only god, and you're the witnesses that I'm the God. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are looking at, may look at this, um, and I think, uh, can I say this? I think especially in a Christian context and say, oh no, the servant in Isaiah has to always be Jesus. Mm-hmm. But here, obviously, it's in the plural, you are my witnesses, not witness, and my servant is referring to Israel. No, quite, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody disputes that in this passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look early in the passage, he's talking about how the, how the servant is sinful. Mm-hmm. And um, even though he's sinful, he still has a purpose. And he'll repent. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just read that real quick. Can I, can I read that real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, 42.19, which is part of the same prophecy, says, Who is blind but my servant or deaf like my messenger whom I send? I hope nobody thinks that that's <laughs> the Christians don't think that's Jesus. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's Israel. Who is the messenger? Malach, which mm-hmm. could actually mean angel. Mm-hmm. So the messenger, the angel that God is going to send is actually blind and deaf mm-hmm. because, it, you know, Israel is sinful. And even though Israel is sinful, there's going to be this historical process, and you can read it throughout the passage, Mm -hmm. where Israel will be punished and Israel will be gathered back in. And God is telling us in advance that that will happen. And that is how Israel will testify to the nations. And they will know through their very experience and relationship with God that God is true. And here's what this reminds me of, Mm -hmm. uh, looking at in, um, in actually in Christian history. Mm -hmm. So something really interesting happened in, I want to say the history of your people, but Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's really in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure your people, were, <laughs> you know, your ancestors mm-hmm. were involved at that time. Um, but what happened is the Roman Empire became a, a, a Christian empire. Mm-hmm. And there was officially one religion you were allowed to have. The problem was most of the empire was not Christian. Mm-hmm. They were still what, what they call today pagan. Now, today pagan is a bad word. But back then, pagan just meant that you followed the ancient Roman gods. Mm-hmm. Um and in the, in the context of the Roman Empire, pagan was a good thing. It was traditional. It was old-time religion. Whereas these, this new religion came up, and it was this upstart religion. And to many Romans, it looked like a cult. 
Mm-hmm. And so they would come to these farmers in the in the in the outback and you know in the in the in the countryside and say you've got to adopt this new religion. They'd be like, "You guys, are, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. We've been worshiping these gods for a thousand years mm-hmm. since Rome, Rome was found by Romulus and Remus." And here's and so here's was an interesting thing. Um, there was a discussion at the same time about whether or not they should wipe out the Jews. Did you know that, Keith? Mm-hmm. The Romans said, "Look, these Jews—they're they're Christ killers. They need to all die. Mm-hmm. We need to kill them. Now we have the power. For hundreds of years, we we were persecuted just like they were, but now we have the power to stamp them out and kill every last one." Mm-hmm. And the argument of not killing them was something they called Jewish service. Mm-hmm. Um, later, that came to mean Jewish servitude, meaning slavery. But originally, the idea of Jewish service in the Roman Empire meant the Jews serve a purpose. And what's the purpose of the Jews? Everyone in the Roman Empire knew the Jews were this ancient nation. And they would go to the pagan farmers and say, look, you have, you know, our religion is the true religion. And the proof it's true is, is the fulfillment of all these ancient prophecies. And the farmers, the ancient Roman pagans would, would say, what prophecies? Maybe you just made that prophecy up last week and now you're saying your, your savior fulfilled it. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, no, go ask the Jews. They'll testify to you. They will be the witness that these are ancient prophecies that existed hundreds of years before the Christian Savior was born. Mm -hmm. And so actually the Jews, quite literally from the Roman perspective, fulfilled this verse. You're talking about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 43.10, you are my witnesses, says Yehovah, my servant who I am chosen, so so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. So they actually served the very existence of the Jews for the Romans Mm -hmm. to spread Christianity were the witness. Now I obviously, from a Jewish perspective, say... You know, people will say to me, so, you know, why do you believe in the God of Israel? And I say, look at the history of my people. It's a Mm -hmm. fulfillment of these prophecies. Mm -hmm. It's a a testimony that Jehovah is the one true God. It is. And, you know, I think think one of the tensions, and we're going to have this tension as we go through through prophet pearls, is that there's a certain perspective that I've always had in growing up from my background, and there's a perspective you've always had. In your in your background, and again, we're trying to find this common ground. And I know there are a lot of people that will that will say, "Well, look, when you're going to this verse, you got to see how that fits, where it fits, and how it fits, and and all that." And what I want to do, and I really want to do this in in in, in truth and in the most honest way that I can, I want to be able to bring my perspective and ask how it fits. So, can I go back? I know you went to the end, yeah. But can I go back Please. just a little bit go ahead. and go to and, and forty two thirteen for um, forty two um, thirteen thirteen? Hold on, no seven. Now this is one of the things that I do get excited about mm-hmm. when I when I when I heard about uh, this in, when I'm reading Isaiah 42, and he's talking about appointing them as a covenant people, as a light to the nations, and what do they mean? It says to do what? To open blind eyes, Amen. to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. Mm-hmm. That verse in verse seven for me. I, 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 whenever I see that happening, people, whether it be physical blindness or spiritual blindness, where there's a light that comes on and they begin to see, I'm actually reminded, and I'm sure even in the New Testament, mm-hmm. the idea was where does the idea come from? It would come back to this, that, that there's supposed to be a light. So again, and sensitivity to the people that are going to be mm-hmm. listening. You know, what we don't want to do is we don't want to tell you where we're wrong. Where we're wrong. We want to try to find out what the scripture says. And again, what I love, Nehemiah, was the idea of us exploring past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Verse 8, I am Yehovah, that is my name. I Amen. love that verse. I need Yehovah, 
Hushmi. Ah, Hushmi. And uh, I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to a graven images. And again, stop me as as, as we need to. But we're going to try. Yeah. What we're going to try to do. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. We're going to try to find the pearls. We're going to try yeah. to at least read the read the read the uh, okay. section. I, yeah. I, and th- folks, hopefully you're going to go with your Bibles and you're going to read through. We'll, we'll have to skip through this first one because we're not going to be here for an hour and a half. <laughs> but he says. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Feel free to read it um, in, in Hebrew. We can switch back and forth if you'd like. Verse nine. Now I declare new things before they spring forth. I proclaim them to you. And if I can just if I can just say something about verse 10, he says, sing to Yehovah a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and fall that, uh, and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell on them. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up. And then, of course, they add the words, their voices. The settlements where Kadar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them uh, shout for joy for the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Yehovah and declare his praise in the, uh, the, the coastlands. Can I, can, I, can I make a quick little commercial? Sure. Um, people will say, but it doesn't say Yehovah here. Can I just give a very Which quick, verse, 12? It says, it says the Lord. That's what it oh, says in my English Hebrew, Bible. So folks are going to hear this. We're not just coming up out of the blue, uh, slinging this around if this is your first time hearing Nehemiah or myself. Um, we've taken very serious the idea of trying to find out what does it mean when he says, this is my name. And of all mm-hmm. the times we see that title, Lord, why have we made that a, a, an important issue? Because he does say, it's this my is name. my name. <laughs> so so for us, as we found um, information, Nehemiah, you've been, been f- phenomenal with this as we've been able to, to dig in and try to find out where we could find out what his name is in the oldest, most um, um Hebrew manuscripts that we have to be able to see that uh, in those those so, manuscripts. So now that you bring it up, can we just real quick just go back to verse eight and mm-hmm. read it again in Hebrew? Yeah. The first half says, "Ani Yehovah, who Shmi? I am Yehovah. That is my name." What does your your Bible say? Your yeah. So it says here, "I am the Lord," capitalized. Yeah. That is my name. So isn't that just dishonest? <laughs> I mean, come on. It, ah. It says, I am Yehovah, that is my name. And you read there, I am the Lord, that is my name. Well, okay, if you read the introduction to your Bible, I'm sure it says that yeah. Lord in caps. But come on. Yeah. You know, wasn't the point of, uh, you know, King James, wasn't there a point that even like the the um, the guy behind, behind the, the plow, mm-hmm. he, the, the boy, you know, pulling the plow or mm-hmm. leading the plow, whatever, mm-hmm. that he'd be able to read the Bible. He's going to be reading the introduction. Come on, guys. Okay, let me ask you this question. I, th- this let bothers me. Ask you this, me. Well, really and it bothers me. you. So this is, this is a sensitivity, but let's, it's yeah. also for sharing. What does the JPS say? The Jewish Publication Society. Oh, same thing, Lord. Really? Yeah. So you mean even the Jews? Especially the Jews. That's where the what? Christians got it from. I'm not blaming the Christians here. I'm saying yeah, exactly. somebody is falsifying this exactly. this tradition, and, and it's so misleading. JPS, here, let me pull up. Let's actually read that, because mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's look. Yeah, look at The it. 1985 NJ, New JPS. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another, nor my renown to idols. So by their very translation, they've given his glory to another, to the Lord. <laughs> like what? Yeah, what the or at title? least they've obscured yes. it. Now, yeah. if I read it in Hebrew in the JPS, it's not a problem because it says yud uh-huh. So even if I say Adonai, which means Lord, I can see it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. But in the English, I might not know that. Yeah. Well, it's it interesting. It's, it's interesting. We're, and we're going to try to do this. But in verse 13, can I just give one little pearl? And I want you to open up your computer on this. Yeah. You're going to do this for us. And I actually did a little checking verse ahead 13. of time. I hope you can find it. It says, Yehovah will go forth like a warrior. Yeah. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. And when I, when I saw that, I was reminded of the first time I ever noticed mm-hmm. this idea of him being called, I believe it is, off the top of my head, Ishmael Hamah. Uh-huh. 
Amen. Man of battle in, I think, Exodus, yeah. Exodus 15. And when I saw this, first time I ever saw this in the Hebrew Bible, it was like some years ago, and it said, Ishmael Hakla, a man of battle. And I'm thinking, wow. What can, can does I read that, that verse? Mean? Exodus yeah, fifteen three says, "Yehovah ish milchama, Yehovah is a man of war, mm-hmm. Yehovah Shemo, Yehovah mm-hmm. is his name." Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. It's a powerful thing. But again, what is happening is Moses is singing. If I'm right, they're singing. What I wanted to say though is interesting. There are other people in the Bible that are also called ish milchama, or men mm-hmm. of battle. Right. One uh, Manasseh, Manasseh's firstborn. David is called a man of battle, and there's another person called the man of battle, and who's that? Who is that? Goliath. <laughs> and so when I see that, I think, you know, that for, for, for the creator. To, now, the reason I love the image is that sometimes our father can, fights. Can I, can I just read that? Yeah. 1 Samuel 17, 33. And Saul said to David, I'm reading it from Hebrew, you will not prevail to, to go against this Philistine to, to war against him, to battle against him. For you are a boy and he is an Ishmael Chama I'm from Ishmael his youth. Chama. He is a man of war from his youth. <laughs> You're just this little kid. You're yeah, little kids. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, and then and then if we can if we can go on, um, the blindness of the people, Nehemiah, it's like a section. Maybe you mm-hmm. can do a little bit of reading there um, or translate we? for us. In, in uh, Isaiah chapter 42, verses, four, uh, verses 14, uh, verse 14. Verse 14. achrish et ka'yoleida eshom af yachad. Wow, that's, that's so powerful. It is a very powerful. Let me read you the JPS here. I've kept silent for far too long, kept still and restrained myself. And and really in the Hebrew, it doesn't say far too long. It says me'olam, since eternity. For eternity, yes. I've always kept silent. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, uh, held back and been silent. Now I will scream like a woman in labor. I will pant and I will gasp. Mm-hmm. That's that's so powerful. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Um, uh, hills and heights that will I scorch, cause all their green to wither. I will turn rivers into aisles and dry the marshes up. Wow, this is so powerful. Yes, it is. Bein tivot lo yadu adrichem, asim machshach lifnehem, laor umakashim limishor. So there's an image here, mm-hmm. which actually comes from the Exodus. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you, you, yeah, he's drying up, you know, rivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is this is an image of the Exodus. I will lead the blind by a road they did not know, mm-hmm. and I will make them walk by paths they never knew. Mm-hmm. So, th- so talk about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So this is the consolation. Mm-hmm. This is talking to the people. He's warned them, you're going to be punished. They get punished, and he says, and now that you're punished... There will be this redemption, mm. just like there was an exodus from Egypt. I'm the one who created the universe. I have this covenant with you mm. because I'm the one who created this universe. I can make a covenant with the people who I've chosen and I can take you out from a land just like I took you mm. out of Egypt. That's mm. the image here. This is a second exodus image. What a beautiful. It is beautiful. Here. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me as, as we go through. There's a there's a really interesting thing. And I, I have to say I have an agenda uh, even in doing this uh, prophet prophet pearls because I have so many people who start at the end of the story and mm. then they work their way backwards. And and when I read when I read things I like to read in context. I used to be what's mm-hmm. called a, a I, I was a Bible memory guy. You, I mean verses. Were you a cherry picker? Oh, no, I mean I could I had so many verses memorized. My wife would be like, "Man, how do you memorize those verses?" And then I did something really radical. I said, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to memorize a chapter." Hmm. I memorized a chapter and then I said, "I'm going to memorize a book." 
And you know what changed? Wow. My whole it changed my whole perspective. Was it Obadiah? No, <laughs> <laughs> no it was the book of James. Oh, okay. <laughs> but listen, a short I, one, I, I want to give this a short one, but I want to go to verse 18 because I want to yeah. show you something. Wait, it's, I got to read the last words. Of, of 17. Uh, Where of, you at? of 16. Okay, gotcha. Um, he says, Ela hadvarim asitim velo azavtim. These things I do to them, I not, and I will not forsake them. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, I'm making this promise, it's going to be kept. Amen. Wow. That's Amen. powerful. Amen. What a message of hope. Imagine you're one of these Israelites. Yes. And you've been taken into exile by the Babylonians. Your kingdom's been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And you remember the words of the prophet Isaiah from 100 years ago. And this is what comforts you. And you realize there is hope for me. Well, and, here's, and here's what I want to do. I want to I go on thin ice here. And I want you to be Uh-oh. sensitive with me. I want to go okay. on thin ice here. <laughs> here so one of the reasons, I, as I mentioned, that I wanted to do this and, and, and didn't. And I'll be honest. Can I, can I confess? One of the reasons I didn't want to do this is just because of all of the controversy that constantly is surrounding this whole issue of whether it's Jew and Gentile together, different people from different backgrounds. There's an anti-movements. Uh, There's all sorts of things that are going on. Yeah. And, and But one of the things that's been very, very touchy is that I always uh, learn that whenever you talk about the servant, anytime you talk about the servant, it's that, that servant is, is speaking of Yeshua, Jesus. And I'm reading in Isaiah 42, and I want to read this verse and ask you what you think about this Mm -hmm. verse and how you think, for me, it would challenge maybe my perspective that immediately I'm taking his words or or the interpretation of him in the New Testament and and placing him in 42. It says this. Which verse? 19. Ready? Okay. Assume for a minute that he's the servant. Here's what it says. Start in 18. Okay. And then you'll really get confused. Okay. (laughs) All right. 18. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or so deaf as my messenger, whom I send? Who is so blind as he that is at peace? And then, of course, it asked in English, it says here, with me, or so blind as the servant of Yehovah. Now, before I go any further, when I read that in English, is there anything that pops up when I read that verse? I mean, it. Are you telling me there are Christians who say this refers to Jesus? Well, no, no. I mean, and I want to be sensitive about that. If, there, if you could take a passage or you could take a verse mm-hmm. in a part of the, the the chapter and pull it out and say, okay, that it does. But if you look at the full context, right. I think people that are listening, even if, even the most you know um, uh, conservative evangelical person would look at that and say, okay, that's an example where certainly he's not blind. He's not deaf. He's not. Well, and, and we him. could do a whole section session. And I think we probably will at some point mm-hmm. on the word Evet on, on servant. Exactly. Uh, especially in Isaiah, mm-hmm. where you know sometimes servant is explicitly by name identified as Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, in this passage, I don't think anyone, even Christians, I, I don't think, would dispute that this refers to Israel, uh, who is blinded, and and um, mm-hmm. even though God has sent them for this purpose mm-hmm. to be a covenant nation. To be a light to the people, and instead they're the ones who are blind and deaf. Yeah, and, and that's why. And, and yeah. again, and that's why you know what? Even even how we say what we say, and I, I'm gonna, I'm trying to be extremely. Can I say this word? Yeah. Extremely sensitive to the many many people that are from different backgrounds that are that are going to be listening to us. I want them to get the pearl. I want them to get the information. I want them to be able to ask the question. Context. What does it mean? Like I got to go back to how we started. Mm-hmm. When. Netanyahu is preaching salvation at the United Nations. How did he see it? How did he hear it? And how does he understand it? Mm-hmm. And I want to know how he sees it and understands it, how I see it and how I understand it. And ultimately, I want to know how it, Isaiah meant it, or how Yehovah spoke through Isaiah and meant it for then, today, and tomorrow. Let me read real quick two yes. verses 
42.25 and 43.1, which have been so you know, easily separated by these chapters. Mm-hmm. Remember, the chapters aren't an original part of the text. So we're talking about the servant who's Israel, who's blind, who's deaf, who's sinful. Mm-hmm. So he poured out wrath upon them, upon Tell Israel. Tell me what verse you're at right now. 42.25 20, uh, in yep. the Hebrew. I don't know, is that in the yep, English? Yep. So he poured out wrath upon them, his anger and fury of war. It blazed upon them all about, but they heeded not. It burned among them, but they gave it no thought. But now thus says Yehovah, 43.1, who created you, O Jacob? Who formed you, O Israel? Now there's no question this servant is Israel, Jacob. Yes. Fear not, for I will redeem you. I have singled you out by name. Mm-hmm. You are mine. This mm-hmm. is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God is saying to Israel, I've chosen you and called you by name. So even mm-hmm. though you were sinful mm-hmm. and my wrath was poured out and I came as a man of war against you to punish you, even though all that happened, it did for your for your sins, I will redeem you. Amen. And I Amen. love the term redeem. We could do, we'll probably have to save this for well, we'll a have future to talk section, about redeem. Section. Yes, yes. But it's really, it's really powerful. I got really quick. So <laughs> I know I always say that. So really quick, redeem in Israel, the ancient concept is that, you know, you had a field and you, and it was your family field. It didn't belong to you. It belonged to your, your line and you inherited it from your mm-hmm. father and you went into, into poverty and you sold the field. Now one of your relatives comes and he pays the price for your field. Mm-hmm. He, that's called redeeming. Mm-hmm. That's goel. He is the redeemer, the goel. Amen. And here Yehovah is saying, I'm going to redeem you, Israel, because I called you by name. And I love the imagery here in 43.3. For I, Yehovah, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as a ransom for you, Ethiopia and Saba in exchange for you, because you are precious to me and honored. I love you. I give men in exchange for you and the peoples in your stead. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring you, your folk from the east will gather you out of the west. Mm. I will say to the north, give back. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Here it's talking about Israel's been scattered throughout the nations. They've been sold into slavery. And God is going to redeem them. He'll give whole nations in exchange for them. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a field, you pay silver or some kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. animals or something. To, uh, to redeem that field, something of value. Mm-hmm. God is saying, I'll give whole nations for you. Mm-hmm. And when I read this, I think of uh, you know the modern image we have of Gilad Shalit, that Israeli uh, prisoner in the hands of Hamas terrorists who was exchanged in, what was it, like a thousand terrorists a thousand were terrorists, given in exchange, yes. exchange yes. for him. Mm-hmm. That's the image here that God is saying, I'm going to give whole nations for you, Israel, because I called you by name. And this will be my witness to the nations yeah. that this people, Israel, well, I foretold from in the time of Isaiah in 700 BC that they would go into exile and then they would be gathered back. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, and it, and, it's, and isn't it something when we're reading this? What a great testimony this, of Yehovah! It is. It is. And when we're reading and we're reading this and we see this, and then we look today, and you just brought a perfect example of here it oh, is. There here it was. Is. Here was the past. Yeah. Here is the present. This actually happened. We actually saw yeah. it. And something interesting, Nehemiah, where we talked a little bit about this, is that when we get to this verse, and I know we're, 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 we're almost, we're just about to the end. He's going to stop the recording. Uh, no, in a few minutes, a few minutes I'm going to stop re- <laughs> recording. But I, wanna, I just want to bring up one, uh, two things. One, 43.1, I want people yeah. to open their Bibles. Maybe you've got your English Bible. Very, very interesting word. It says, and he who formed you. Mm-hmm. Very interesting Amen. word. If you could do a Yotzer. study about that, the Yotzer. Don't you have a teaching about <laughs> oh, I have that a somewhere? Great, uh, yeah, so, Somewhere it's I don't know where it is, but this idea (laughs) that our Father in Heaven actually puts us on the Potter's wheel. Yeah, that's a pottery term. He puts us, and can I just slow down? He puts us on the pottery wheel, and he starts to mold us, and he starts to shape us. One of the reasons that I'm so excited about doing this, Nehemiah, is that I've felt called to help people understand God's Word. 
and, and its language and its history and its context. And when you start to understand his word, you feel his fingers you feel his hands pressing in on mm-hmm. you and molding yes. you and shaping you. And when he says, he who formed you, I just think of him today doing that in our life. I think he's forming us. I think he's he's calling people to do that same thing. And then I also want to just wait, say. Well, go ahead. On, on that verse, I guess got to okay. say something on that go verse, ahead. Go ahead. which is that it says here, I called you by name. And he's talking about Israel and Jacob. Mm-hmm. But if you feel that the creator has called you and he's moved you in your heart, mm-hmm. imagine that. He can actually call you. Keith Edwin Johnson by name, mm-hmm. you individually, and he'll give whole nations for you if you mm-hmm. turn to him and come mm-hmm. to him. What a mm-hmm. powerful thing. Yes, yes, what sir. a beautiful image. Can we talk about verse 10 before we wrap it up? Yes, yes. Well, almost. We still got a couple minutes. Oh, Go ahead. Go okay. to verse 10. Go ahead. All right. So, you know, I've been to a bunch of countries recently. I was recently in uh, the Philippines, Vietnam, and Nepal, and I was in some other countries. But in those three countries, oh, and Malaysia, in those four countries, I was sharing with people about the name of the Father, Yehovah, and people said to me, that sounds a lot like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And now, so I ha- I'm bringing that up because 4310 is where the Jehovah's Witnesses get their name. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, <sighs> so they take this verse and they, it says, ye are my witnesses in the King James, saith the Lord. And in Hebrew, mm-hmm. it does say, say says mm-hmm. Yehovah, atem edain um Yehovah. So this group from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Uh, has usurped this title for, that God has given to all those who love him, all those who turn to him mm-hmm. in truth and righteousness are Yehovah's witnesses and his people Israel are his witnesses. And this, can I, can I use the word? This cult from Brooklyn has stolen the identity that God has given to all his people and mm-hmm. said, we are Jehovah's witnesses. Mm-hmm. And here's the irony. If you ask the Jehovah's witnesses, at least on their official website, they say that his name isn't Jehovah. It's not Yehovah. Mm-hmm. It's Yahweh. That's what the Jehovah's witnesses say. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it really bugs me that here's this name that appears 6,827 times in the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. Yehovah, and people in these these far off, far flung countries mm-hmm. that that most Americans can't even find on a map, mm-hmm. they hear Yehovah and they say, "Oh, that sounds like the Jehovah's Witnesses." Now in China, I didn't have that experience because in the Chinese Bible it says Yehovah, Yehovah, Yehovah. Mm-hmm. So it says Yehovah, or their pronunciation of it. But um, can, can you talk? We were talking the other day about this idea of. This title, Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. are they truly Jehovah's Witnesses, and we're not? Well, no, no. I think I think what I give me a good example. Can you share? Well, it? There, there are there are many examples of people that kind of kidnap uh, titles and things from usurp, scripture. Yeah. They usurp things. For example, right now, I don't know. You probably didn't notice yeah. uh, know this that uh, there, there's a group that um, takes the, the 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 image of the rainbow. Yeah. They put it on their flag and they say what? that, no, I'm saying. So at Tate, any Jew rainbow, and the first thing we think is the covenant God made with Noah that he won't destroy the world. You're okay, telling me so that's not the first image? Not. I mean, everybody have? knows that. There, 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 are groups, there are groups who take, you know, for example, there's a group who takes the rainbow and says, okay, this is now going to be our logo. You know, the Jehovah Witnesses come along and say, okay, we're now called the Witnesses. The sports team, even uh, Nike says, we are Witness. You know, I mean, the idea is, yeah, you, know, know you, you don't know, you know about that, but I'm saying about. That these, these are things that we're happen. Witness. But again, I want to get back to something. Yeah. So that's what's happening out there. What I want God's people. Wait, so this would be, be like able- if I went all over the world and said, you know, look at that rainbow. That represents the covenant of God. And, and then I had, you know, would have people in, you know, the Philippines say, oh, you mean that, you know, what you were talking about mm-hmm. instead of the Bible. So mm-hmm. basically, they, they've kind of usurped this biblical image mm-hmm. and displaced it. And what we have to do is reclaim it for yes. the creator of the Amen. universe. It's Amen. here in Isaiah 43.10. And so here's what I, here's what I want to do, Nehemiah. And we are, we, again, folks, we, we are going to try our best to go 
systematically through this, but sometimes there's going to be things that jump up. We missed one little thing, but it actually Only relates to the thing. end. There's many things that we missed. And this is a really obscure little thing that I yeah. want you to look up real quick. Okay. Okay. When I was reading, I try to read it um, in English. I try to read it in Hebrew. I try to ask myself what other translations say. And in fact, one of the things that we're doing right now is that we're trying to help people so that when they hear you speaking in Hebrew or when they, they hear you know what the Hebrew word is, for them to not see that as such a foreign thing and to give them the ability to start interacting with that information. So just as this is being released right now, I want to give you an example of something that just caught my attention. Go to verse 25, and it says mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the verse, and I, I have here. Um, this is 4225. 4225. And I want to give a story. First, all I want you to do is to read the last part of the verse in Hebrew. The last part of the verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. okay, so I'm in Israel and I'm getting on an escalator. Yeah. And the escalator says, Okay, Simlev. Okay, yeah. now here's, you know, you guys, just let me get excited. So I'm looking at the escalator and it says, Simlev. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Now, this excited me. It says in English, pay attention. Okay, it, in, in English, in my English Bible, it says, They paid no attention. They did not. Seem well, the King James said, Let he laid it not to heart. He laid it not to which heart, which is a Hebrew expression. Let exactly. live, yes, to, is to, to literally s- to put to heart. Yes, to put, put to heart. heart means to pay attention, to pay attention, Absolutely. to set your heart. Okay, and, and even today, in an Israeli escalator, you'll it, see it. it says that. So, again, what I, what I want to do is this we're, we're, we're doing something to him. You, you saw just a little bit of it, but the reason I want to share this is because when we're going through prophet pearls, it's going to be impossible for us not to interact with that language that seems so foreign. Yeah. To so many people, and that's the Hebrew language. God could have chose any language to give his, to his prophets, oh, and, he gave, and he gave them the Hebrew language. Yeah. We started out the program where we heard uh, Netanyahu preaching salvation, <laughs> the message of salvation right there in the United Nations. We're reading this stuff. As we go through this, I want people to not be so afraid of the Hebrew language. Oh, so one of the things that we're doing is we're doing something called Scripture Bites. That's something that people can learn. What I love about it is... I learned a process over the last 12 yeah. years, and that process was to be able to go to the scripture, even if it's learning letter by letter and word by word, and pretty soon after a while it becomes more familiar, and then bringing that information forward so that people can start reading and interacting with the Hebrew language. So as this is being released, yeah. Scripture Bites being released, and why is it connected? It's connected, Nehemiah, because all the time that I have ever known you, we've always asked one question. Mm-hmm. What does the scripture say? And there's not enough people that can answer that. They can answer what they've learned. They can, we've heard so many people say, I've heard this. My, pre, my pastor says, my rabbi says, but what does the scripture say? So can we make a commitment in front of the, the people Jews right say. now? <laughs> yeah, let's make a commitment to the people right yeah. now. We might have opinions about things, but ultimately yeah. we want to bring them what? The word of God. The word of God. And folks, as you're listening, we want you to interact with us. We want you to go to Nehemiah's Wall, BFAinternational.com, um, and when you go there, you're going to have a chance to make comments and to make yeah. and and, dis- and discuss this. We're going to try to make these as available as we can. Again, Nehemiah, let's be really clear about it. We have two different ministries. Yeah, say something about your ministry if you. So can. my ministry is called Makor Hebrew Foundation. M A K O R. Hebrew Foundation. Makor is the Hebrew word for source, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about the Hebrew source. 
And you can go to my website, nehemiaswall.com, nehemiaswall.com, or makorhebrew.org. Okay, and of course... It's 501c3 I'm with, tax deductible. Absolutely. BFAinternational.com. You know, and people, how can you guys do this? Two different ministries, two different perspectives. Hey, we've got some common ground around the Word of Amen. God. Our mission is to inspire people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. So please Amen. visit us there. Scripture Bites is going to be available. I'm going to let Nehemiah... I'm sure he's always going to have I, one more I've thing. I've got to end with one thing. Okay, do it. No, so you're doing the Scripture Bites thing, which yes. I'm really excited about seeing. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Can I end by teaching the people a word? Absolutely. So you started with salvation. Yes. So we have that word salvation, that word Yeshua. Yes, you are. Actually, um, what's called a participle form of it. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of noun, um, which is the he word. Said participle. It's a participle. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Wait, Present wait, participle. Wait, you, you call it uh, a, a, a participle form. Participle. Participle. <laughs> I love it. Whatever. <laughs> so it's a present participle, participle. Um, uh, in Hebrew, benoni. Benoni. Uh, okay. So it's the word Moshiach. Ah. Moshiach means Savior. Not Mashiach, which is Messiah, but Moshiach is Savior. Mm-hmm. And here in Isaiah 43, verse 3, he says, mm-hmm. Ki ani Yehovah Elohecha, for I am Yehovah, your Elohim, your God. Kedosh Yisrael, yes. the Holy One of Israel. Moshiach, mm-hmm. your Moshiach. Mm-hmm. So he's proclaiming right there to Israel, I am your Savior. Yes. I, Yehovah, your God. So that's the word for the week, people. Tell them Moshiach. something, the word for the week. That's awesome. But Nehemiah, I'm not going to let you off the And the, the root hook. of that is Yeshua. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the root of it is Yeshua. That's but obvious. But do me one more favor. Yeah. At the end of the word, it says yeah. Moshi Moshiach. And what does that right. ka mean? Ka means you. Exit. That's it. And so that's Moshiach. why sometimes people, when, they, when they're, when they're interacting with the Hebrew, sometimes they get confused. But if they okay. can look at the word yeah. and see that, they'll know, oh, that's that's actually a, a suffix at the end. Yep. So those are the kinds of things that we're teaching in Scripture Bites. That's something that I've learned over the years, but I have to tell mm-hmm. you, Nehemiah, I appreciate the fact that the tools that we're going to be able to bring and be able to use, folks, bear with us. We want you to comment with us. We want you to stick in there with us, but we are going to try our best Amen. to do this for the entire year. Uh, Prophet Pearl. 54 episodes. 54 episodes. This was the first one. It went a little long, but that's because we just got started. Nehemiah, come on. Do you have anything you want to say to the people? I know. I want to just tell you, thanks for praying. I want to tell you, thanks for and praying. Thank you for for yeah. you know answering the call that you received, which I'm you haven't right. actually told the people about. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll tell you next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until next time, here's what we're going to keep saying: We have a chance to open up the Word of God and understand it, past, present, and future, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so let's keep doing that with Prophet Pearls. And 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 beyond that, I, I'm just. I'm just humbled that we get a chance to do this. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com. <laughs>